0: today we're going to do things a little different because uh strange circumstances and laziness brought us to not see a movie this week <laughs> so we just wanted to put something out anyways we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about what we did watch and then um go into some news and then maybe some cheese for thought provided by nick yes but uh anyway i think we'll start off with the food for thought so willy what have you been? Or excuse me. We'll start off with the uh, what we've been watching. So Willie, what have you been watching?
1: Um, before I w- didn't watch any TV for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched Silent Hill Revelation. That's the new one. The second Silent Hill movie. So you've seen the original. Mm-hmm. I have seen the original. It's funny, is the original is actually like the best, the the truest video game adaptation that I've ever seen. So, like, it's not necessarily a great movie. I thought it was a fun horror movie. And, and Sean Bean doesn't hurt. You know? Does he die? Spoiler alert, Sean Bean survives. <laughs> what? A Again? horror film. What?
0: A horror film. two.
1: And then he makes it it's into number franchise. two and survives the second as well.
0: I think that's the only reason he does those movies. <laughs> Seriously, Sean Bean
1: would die in a romantic it's comedy a new role. If if Sean Bean was playing like the Liam Neeson role in love actually, he would die.
0: Okay. He'd play like the dying dad. He would.
1: But he does not die in the horror movie. So he's wow. really he's really defying Crazy. Um, both expectations about his career and the So what you're and, saying is never mind. Keep going. <laughs> um but no, uh, Silent Hill Revelations, I like the first movie, this movie is really, really bad. And it's funny because...
2: <laughs> is it worse?
1: Oh, God, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> it's really rough. Um, it does the 3D, D, D thing a lot, you know, where it's like thrust something at the camera and yeah. then in, when you're not watching it in 3D, you're like, that was really dumb. Um I didn't see it in 3D, obviously, but I'm going to assume that that wasn't very good either.
0: No, it never is.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, Sean Bean is awesome in this movie because he is so blatantly just collecting that paycheck. (laughs) I mean, seriously, he doesn't even bother trying is to mask. Any, is there any blood raining from the sky, or? uh there is not a major amount of scenery chewing there. Okay. It's not like he's even having fun. He's just kind of there. <laughs> he's just on the attendance list. He is. is he's like Liam
2: Neeson in Clash of the Titans.
1: <laughs> phone it in, absolutely. But this is even worse because this is, in the first movie, his character doesn't have any sort of accent. He's just, oh god. In this one, it just. There's no attempt to even I mean there's there's some attempt, but it's so mixed. It's such a mixed bag. It's like Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> like the first half of the movie he has he has an accent, the second half he's like, screw it. Um so that was fun. And there's a couple other halfway Carrie Ann Moss is in it. She's really bad. I mean she's the scenery chewer in this one. Is
0: Amelia Clark in this one too?
1: No. But Jon Snow Kid Harrington right. Kit Harington Kit Harington is Kit Harington. and he is so bad. <laughs> And I think it's just the script's fault. I don't think it's just really his fault because some I, of the lines yeah. are I don't know how you could read them with a straight face anyway. It's not good. Don't watch it. Even if
0: you like the first one. You can't judge anybody's acting ability off of a Silent Hill film. No, really.
1: probably not. Um, but it's 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 not very good. And I think it's been sitting in the studio in the studio like on a shelf somewhere for a while too before it was released. Probably. I think it was. I think it was collecting dust for a bit. From what I remember, I thought they filmed it like two years ago Yeah, or I feel something. like there
0: was some trouble around it, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Well, I
1: thought. know that Roger Avery, qu- I think it's, yeah, Quentin Tarantino's longtime film
0: collaborator.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the first one. Okay. And then he was, um he's in prison now. <laughs> Roger Avery is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oops. Uh, Oops. Yeah, I think he, vehicular manslaughter or something. Yeah, Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, so it was like the creative team isn't the same. Yeah. And uh, it just, it's not very good, you know. There's 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 that funny bit of uh, trying to tie up the loose ends from the first one. Mm -hmm. And it's so clumsily done. And, like, they try to add new, like, plot devices that have, like, what? Yeah. Like, there's a cult in the first movie. And the cult's kind of dissolved by the end of the movie They're the primary antagonists and in this one with no explanation the cult still exists <laughs> with a
0: completely different it was just that chapter it's so weird though
1: it's just, anyway
0: it's not good don't watch it all even right. if you like the first one good advice sound advice from yeah from willie gibbs don't do it no silent hill revelation unless you
1: want to see sean bean's worst piece of acting <laughs> but maybe his best
0: in a way all right nick i know what you've been watching
2: I've been watching Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Uh, started watching it solely to check out Chris Pratt for reasons which we will discuss later. Um, that is literally the only reason I started watching it. Yeah. And uh, I did not like season one. I would actually go as far as to say season one is just straight up not good. Um, but all of a sudden it's like... It might just be one of those things where because it's only a six episode season they they were kind of like... Let's give it our best shot and see what we can do. Because in season two, it's like as soon as the season starts, it feels almost like a different show. It's so much better. Um, And it just gets better and better and better and better. And I've been watching it only for like a week. And I'm on season three. (laughs) I'm about eight or nine episodes in. Um, It's really awesome. It's very funny. I would say right now at its peak, it's better than The Office ever was. And um, I don't know if I'm just saying that because The Office is just so, so stinky bad now. Yeah. But and just the memory has been tainted but I was thinking of how <clears throat> just how, how different it feels and I don't know it's just good I like it a lot
0: yeah they both kind of both The Office and Parks and Rec have a lot of heart in them but for some reason Parks and Rec feels like Amy Puller's character is a lot of the heart the The camaraderie around everybody is a lot of the heart but like Jim bears the brunt of the heart in The Office mm-hmm for the most part and a lot of that
1: a lot of the reason for watching The (coughs) Office in the first three seasons or so is the Jim and Pam dynamic at least for me I mean the show was very funny at that point in time and Dwight you know Dwight's antics were always funny and Michael Scott being Michael Scott was funny but the the real reason why I watched it was because of the Jim and Pam thing and once once they got together and everything was happy and you know perfect in Jim and Pam world it, it just didn't you know, like, the yeah. jokes could only
2: go so far at that yeah. point, you know. It and should have ended after three or three or four years.
1: Three or four, yeah. It, it, I don't think they had story lo- stories to tell at past that point, yeah. you know. And then they started forcing weird relationships yeah, on the viewer, I don't know. you know.
2: Dwight's in weird relationships, and Andy is in... I don't know. so well, I think just a big... For me, anyway, I think a big part of it is that most of the characters in Parks and Rec are genuinely likable people. Yeah. They're all good people, and I don't think there's anybody in the office that's actually a very decent person. They all kind of suck. And yeah. They're all kind of sad. Selfish. And they all hate their circumstances, but they don't do anything about it. They just stick around because the show needs them there. hmm It just doesn't feel like there are any people that I would actually like to run into, whereas the, pe- the most of the characters on Parks and Rec feel like real people who are yeah. stuck in government jobs, but they don't, like, hate it because they actually like each other. Yeah. I don't know. It just it's it's a different kind of and and what you said, Alex, about um, Amy Poehler's character. She definitely comes into her own and becomes her own character. Because in yeah. season one, she was just a carbon copy of Michael Scott, and I yeah. was like, oh. But then she kind of definitely takes on her own life and gets a lot better. But it's uh it's really funny. I'm enjoying it. I hope it doesn't get to a point where it starts to feel stale. But so far, it's still really good. But they keep shaking it up every season. Some something new is happening, yeah. which is a big part of it.
0: Last season, there's you get recurring Paul Rudd. And his character is amazing. <laughs> That's cool. So, season season four, I think it is. Season four is awesome. Season five has been good so far. So,
2: yeah, I'm like I like it a lot so far. I also just today watched the first episode <clears throat> of the. I know Marvel did this series of animes. They did Iron Man, Wolverine, X Men, and Blade. Blade. Yeah. I watched the first episode of the X Men one today, mm-hmm. and it was really sweet. The animation was cool. The characters were actually right. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine was actually Wolverine and Cyclops was actually Cyclops and I was like,
0: "Thank you."
2: Been waiting for so long to for them to get it right again. Um, but did, I, I Did you
0: watch this on Netflix or where
2: did you Did it fall off the back of an internet yes. truck? Okay. <laughs> they ha- I'm having a hard time finding it on Netflix, so <laughs> Amazon <laughs> That's has That's why it. I was like, "Where did you get the <laughs> Amazon has it you can but you can't uh you have to buy it. Okay. You can rent it's it prime. it's only in standard def though. I don't okay. like that. You can buy each episode for I think 2.99 in HD or the whole season for like 25 bucks or something. I'm thinking about actually doing it cuz I want to see the rest of them. Yeah. But it's uh it is pretty sweet and the animation's awesome. I mean the the action lines yeah. itself pretty well. The pilot's a little piloty but I'm going to I'm excited to keep watching more and uh check it out. But that's re- that's pretty cool and it made me yearn for an awesome X-Men movie again with, like, the actual... the core X-Men characters that we... that we all know and love. Yeah. So... Hopefully, uh... I I also jogged my memory that they haven't... They've confirmed, like, so many people for uh, Future Past. And I'm like, where is Cyclops? Yeah. Where is he? Give him back. He's dead. Probably. But... I'm waiting... I'm waiting for them to just be like, oh, uh, Phoenix just teleported him to another timeline. Well, it's
0: a different timeline, so you think he could... (laughs) he could return but who knows I want Pride of the X-Men to finally get picked up for a series
2: <laughs> dude with
1: my Australian it's Wolverine so good yeah
3: but that's uh, another story yeah I
2: feel bad too for James Marsden because like he followed Bryan Singer like mm-hmm. from X-Men over to Superman Returns you'd think Singer could at least do him a favor and bring him back
0: <laughs> I think it'll happen I hope so I think it'll happen We're, we haven't heard the last of that movie uh, <clears throat> casting news oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure but we'll get into that yeah we will um. Alright, so I guess there's two things that I watched recently maybe three I've been catching up on Castle and there's been a few episodes this season that have been pretty brilliant Like they, <laughs> I think they just figure out ways to showcase Nathan Fillion or at least that's what I hope they're doing because they shot an episode that's just like it starts with the death of this band member and the band is being followed by like a documentary team, and uh, so as when the dude dies, the documentary team then decides to shift the film to being about his death rather than being about the band, mm. and uh, it just ends up being a vehicle for Nathan Fillion to like turn and mug at the camera and say as corny lines as he possibly can, and it's <laughs> amazing. So I'm really glad. I think he has a lot of pull on On that show, as to like what kind of, like he'll get a few episodes in here and there that are just amazing, and then of course there's also like a bunch of like Firefly references, which are always amazing. <laughs> but, um, I watched Disney's Robin Hood for the first time this weekend. First time ever. First time ever, dude. I know, it's right? my all time favorite. That's we're talking like the animated, Fox. animated Fox it's so Robin good. Hood. Disney, Robin Hood, that features a fox as Robin Hood. Okay. Um, It was really, really cool. And it makes me yearn for, like, the old days of Disney. We're never going to get that hand-drawn stuff again. But, like, Paper Man. You never know, though, because... Paper Man is the shit. Princess and the Frog did pretty well, from what I remember. That's true, but even Princess and the Frog, like... Princess and the Frog, in the days of HD, we're not going to get, like... Actually, hand-drawn animation. Right, anymore. right. I know what you but mean. It's all made on like Flash and, yeah. and stuff like that. But no, I know, it was, that
2: movie's fun, fun as hell to
0: watch. It was really cool. It's very short. It's like an hour and twenty something. But it's just, it's, it's interesting to go back and watch Disney movies, especially ones that you've never seen before, because you really get to experience that magic of Disney once again. Mm-hmm. And and. It was it was a lot of fun to, to watch. Dude, that was the way I I mean when when we saw Wreck It Ralph and Paperman was on, I was like, holy Well, shit. I mean, yeah, those those two together are the closest that I've gotten to it. So clearly Disney hasn't lost the magic, but there is something to be said about those. Like it's a masterpiece sitting there and making handwritten animation and that's something that we're just not gonna see much of anymore. Yeah. But, um the other thing that I watched, I decided to uh finish up Tron Uprising, which um I don't think it's officially been canceled, but back in January when it came back, Disney was like, "So, we're moving all the new episodes to Monday at midnight and we're going to burn those off." And then like Edward uh Kitsis or one of the showrunners was like, "Yeah, it's not canceled yet, but uh it's not looking good." Yeah. So when I sat down to watch it, I had like five episodes left, and um, I kind of started out like I'm okay with this going away because I don't feel that it really fits in the canon, and and feels it, too much like its own thing. It brought up like a lot of new stuff that I wish would have been revealed or thought about by the people that are making the movies. Like I don't want anything from *Uprising* shoehorning its way into the film because and that's why a lot of that stuff, a lot of those like video games and animated series and
1: stuff. They don't... They don't unify at all. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they start with the producers or whoever saying, oh, it's canon. Yeah. And then by the time it's done, they're like, mm, not really. Yeah.
0: But the final two episodes blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. Did they find the way, a way to... They, they rectify. Oh, 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 They rectify everything that I had problems with. Like, basically everything that I had problems with, with back into the storyline where everything could be canon. And it's just what they set it up for is downright, it's sad. It's once again sad. Disney disappointing once again after John Carter and that I'm never going to get to see the season two of Tron Uprising that has so much potential. Well,
1: that was on um, Disney XD, right? Yeah. I don't understand that because... They've got a lot of these cartoons that they they want to make high profile, like yeah. Tron and Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man.
0: They spend they, like 20 minutes on it, and then they're like, nope, didn't and they, work. they dump them on a Disney XD, and I don't think Disney has, XD is, does that well. Uh, well, that's the thing, is like, who has it? You right? guys don't. I do. You do. do. Yeah. Willie does. I do, but, you know. But I don't think, why why aren't those just on the Disney channel?
1: Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like what's so good on the? I mean, I don't watch the Disney Channel, but
0: what's so good on the Disney Channel that they can't fit those in? They're too busy making like Sweet Life, <coughs> with Zach and Cody, and yeah. Montana, and all that Creating crap. Creating a new generation of teen superstars. I don't know. Anyway, it's very sad. I'm gonna miss Tron: Uprising a lot. I hope they do a Blu-ray release because I would love to own the whole thing and sit down and just shock on it all one day. But yeah, um, you know. We'll see. We'll see. I hope isn't completely lost, but it might as well be at this point. So, I'm okay with it if it means we get a neutron, but we'll see. Alright, so I think that's about it for what we've been watching. We can move into some film news. Um, <clears throat> so, a little before the last episode that we did, maybe even two episodes ago, they started uh, production on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think <clears throat> I think today I read they on day 11. Like day 11, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Which is pretty... I was pretty surprised by that. Like, I feel like... I can, I'll get into that in a minute. Anyway, um, we've covered a lot of the the casting news. You've got Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane Watson, um, Derek DeHaan, or... Dane DeHaan. Dane. Dane DeHaan as uh, Harry Osborn. We have um, Jamie Foxx as Max Allen, you know... The D is silent. And um, Max Dillon. Max Dylan. Which, <laughs> which is electro. Oh, and then no. that one's for Tim Long. And um, <laughs> we also have Paul Giamatti as the rhino, which is my main point for bringing this whole thing up. <laughs> I'll say that I thought that Mark Webb was just like. Totally disappointed with how Sony handled the movie and he was just trying to be like, Yeah, we're gonna have Electro and it's gonna be played by Jamie Foxx, and then we're gonna have like Rhino and it's gonna be Paul Giamatti. Every almost every bit of news that's come out about this movie sounds fake. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like he's trying to be thrown off of the film, but then like when production started, I was like, Wait, this is all like true? Not that not that any of it's bad. But the rhino That's weird. It's a weird choice. Like I, the rhino was apparently in the game. Did you get through the game at all, Nick? I played through most of it. I almost yeah. It. And the rhino was like pretty a pretty big part of the game. Yeah, you I fight think. him. I yeah, mean, you fight him. He's there.
2: Like somehow, I mean, it makes events... sense. It makes sense that they would rope in either the rhino or scorpion or vulture because they're all part of the gene splicing that was introduced in the first game or in the so, in the movie.
0: So I guess that does yeah that that makes more sense. Which I thought now was that you bring it was a clever way.
2: way to bring those villains into the uh, into the fold, but. The Rhino's a weird one, and Paul Giamatti is strange, too. It makes me wonder how, how rhino-y he's really going to be, or if he's
0: just the scientist, well, that's, or that the was, guy who... who knows. That was kind of like the rumor, was that he's just going to be the dude who ends up as the Rhino, and who knows if he actually gets there. Like, maybe it's another Curtis Connors...
2: Well, a lot of Dylan, people seem uh, to be
0: thinking that Dane DeHaan is playing...
2: that Harry Osborne's going to be Venom in this series. There's been all this...
0: Yeah, I remember all those weird hints, rumors which are that.
2: very either Mark Webber's just a master troll, and he's
0: just doing a great job of that. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a I pretty razor sharp guy in some of the interviews that he does, but because he was sending out some pretty crazy, strange, coincidental. And stuff.
2: Did you read any up on any of that? He sent the picture of the locker. Yeah, I've seen a few of the pictures, and that but. was the locker was an exact like dupe of in the comics. That's the locker that Harry and and Peter find the symbiote in. In the in the in ultimate the lab. Spider-Man, wow! And he Series. tweeted it and he captioned it "Happy Birthday." And apparently, the birthday was or when he tweeted it, that picture it was on the anniversary of Venom's inception in the comic world or something like that. <laughs> so everyone's like, "Whoa!" All so the, what is going yeah, on with this? Exactly, movie? exactly. A lot um, of people freaked out and they're like, "Holy crap! Could Harry actually be Venom?" And I was like. <laughs>
0: I forgot we to know. mention um I mean if if just saying
1: if we're going to have Venom, Rhino, and Electro in a movie together it's just sounding rough. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's
0: sounding like Spider-Man 3 all over. <laughs> it's sounding crazy. Just saying. Um I'm I've,
2: excited for Electro. I feel like I'm the only person who thinks it's going to be awesome.
0: I'm It's not that I'm not excited for it, but Jamie Fox number 1. I mean, I wouldn't have picked Electro, but that's I don't have a lot of knowledge of the Spider-Man rogues gallery, so I'm not the first person to come to to be like who should be in a Spider-Man movie. But you know, anyway, I forgot to mention that Colm Fior was cast as Norman Osborn. Is, is he, he officially he Norman? Is Norman? I think it's confirmed. Okay. Because I
1: remember people were saying that it, he's he's playing Norman, but I wasn't sure if it was confirmed. If, I mean, that, that's no big deal to me. I mean, that's that's cool. I think Colm Fior is cool. And I think he actually kind of looks like Norman Osborn if he is playing Norman Osborn.
2: I, um, um I would have rather it be somebody a little younger. <laughs> okay, so
0: maybe it's not confirmed I don't yet. think
2: it is. I don't think his, his role in any regard has been confirmed.
0: I hope he's just some janitor or something. <laughs> yes. Renowned stage actor Colm Fior playing janitor in the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> um, What's his name, janitor? <laughs> <laughs> it's his credit. Um, <laughs> Angelo. But, yeah, I don't know. I'd be cool with him being Norman Osborn. I'd be down. Although, I kind of really liked when the Christoph Waltz theory was being thrown That around. was really cool. But, I'd rather be um, somebody like Jason Clark or somebody a little bit younger, somebody who's not so. I don't know. That would be interesting, but I don't think that's going to happen because we already know that he's like dying supposedly, right? That's true. yeah. He's sick or it doesn't something. Doesn't necessarily mean he's old though. No.
1: But, I don't know. I. Please, I would have rather see someone Please don't more. put any more villains in this movie. <laughs> please don't. Norman Osborn's okay, but no more villains. That's bad Norman news. Osborn,
2: if he's in it, definitely won't be. No. It won't no, be no, he couldn't be.
0: They're, they'd be saving that for a third film, I would think. Yeah, and a lot of people are thinking maybe Mary Jane's coming in too quickly, but I, I think don't think she's gonna, gonna be, have a huge major report, Yeah. Though I think there's gonna be overlap between her and Gwen Stacy.
1: And there should be. Yeah.
0: Because tradition, I mean, in the
1: in the original comic books, um. Mary Jane was kind of always on the arm of Harry Osborn for a long time there. Yeah. And um I don't think they ever really were dated or anything, but they were always hanging out together or whatever. Yeah. So I think they're probably going to go a similar route with this. And and Peter Parker always thought of her as kind of ditzy and Yeah, like You brother. know, he never really saw mm-hmm. her. Yeah, so I don't know. If if they if they stick to some of the the beginning of that relationship with him and Mary Jane and, and then how things happen with Gwen Stacy. That could be really, really awesome if it's done on screen. Yeah. That's one of the best comic book storylines of all time. Yeah. Um is everything that happens with Gwen and the Green Goblin and whatnot. So Yeah. I don't know. It has potential, but I'm scared about all this
0: it's really weird.
1: I mean, and, and the thing is, that with 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 comic movies, when you hear announcement of villains, you instantly start thinking, okay, well, how is this going to affect the plot? Mm-hmm. How are they going to fit into the plot? Mm-hmm. And certain pairings of villains, on paper, actually, oh, like okay, I see that. You know, that makes yeah. sense. I can't think of an example right this moment, but there are certain pairings that make sense. Yeah. And there are certain ones that are very disparate and like mm-hmm. what? And this is one of those cases where I'm like, those two guys together, okay. Sure,
0: you know. Yeah, and I I have to say I'm a little sad that um. One of the things that I liked about the first Amazing Spider-Man was that you had one villain. Which is not something that you get a lot of nowadays. Mm-hmm.
1: Back to basics a little bit on that.
0: Yeah, like I I suppose the Marvel mo- some most of the Marvel movies have kind of adhered to that. I like the discipline of having, the one villain in a film. Because it takes a lot of work to get both of them right and to do both of them well. Like, even... Like, one of the small... And one of the complaints that I could have about The Dark Knight is that there could have been more Harvey Dent, but he still pulls it off really well, Mm -hmm. so you don't fault it at all. And I just think... You know, and maybe maybe we're not going to have a lot of Rhino in this movie, or maybe we're not going to have a lot of Electro in this movie.
2: It could go either way.
0: Yeah, so... It's, I
2: would rather see a lot of electro.
0: I, I would prefer it go that way too. But I kind of now that you brought up the idea that having the more animalistic Spider-Man rogues makes more sense because of the gene splicing that happened in the first movie. And that that that's another thing they they got to be careful with that because that can get really tired really quick.
1: Yeah. Oh now we've spliced a rhino in a man. You know, like it's sweet in the video. This game. time we've spliced a scorpion in a man. Like after a while it's gonna be like, Really? You guys haven't learned your lessons now?
2: Well, the, it reminds me the, of that
1: episode of South Park with the uh the cross genetics guy. Have you guys ever seen that? I have no. Where he mixes like mosquito and gorilla DNA, <laughs> like a mosquito gorilla. <laughs> okay. You should watch it. It's, okay, it's pretty it good. Like but back on track.
2: Well the video it's kind of a shame because the video game stole a really potentially awesome plot for the movie in that Alistair Smythe steps right in after Connor just goes to jail, and he's like, "Yeah, I've got Oscorp. Don't worry, it's good. We're gonna we're gonna proceed with nanotechnology." Alistair but Smythe being um, the Spider Slayer. Yeah, he's a he's an old old Spider Man villain. Yeah, who was frequently paired up with. Well, he, he was like one of Kingpin's lackeys a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, but in the game they keep pushing the the gene split the cross species genetics and like at the very beginning of the game uh you're like walking around touring oscorp and it's 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 a cool intro it's all first person you're walking around and then just like in the lab something goes wrong and like all these cross species dudes break out and um rhino scorpion vermin uh you see vulture at one point Whole bunch of them and that's when i realized when i was playing the game i was like holy crap like all of spider-man's rogues gallery are all like animal based mm-hmm. and that was a really awesome way to to rope them all into the game and Smythe, i was like that's cool cool sub for connor's but it's cool because in the game then you bust connor's out of prison and he comes and hangs out at your apartment and works on like a cure and like consults you throughout the game okay. on like how you can reverse it so i thought i was like man that actually would have been kind of cool for the movie yeah but oh well Whoops. Go a text. I forgot to silence phone. Anyway, um, I'm excited for some ball and electro action scenes, though. I think it could be sweet. I, I think it could be. I sweet. think electro could be really visually cool. But I'm gonna see him just take down Manhattan, just the whole city block grids at dirt. a time of electric. Yeah, just him absorbing all the electricity could be so cool. That'd be pretty
0: sweet. All right, I think we spent enough time on the first story. Yeah, ten minutes of it. <laughs> Um where is our next ten minutes about? Peter Dinklage has been cast as the villain. Of Maybe we can keep this one short. X-Men Days
1: Wow. <laughs> boo. <laughs> oh boy.
0: No, I can't boo eee. you after my after my Jamie Fox joke. But anyway, Peter Dinklage <laughs> Weeks will <ago>. be <laughs> No, this one. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. you've already forgotten about. So okay. anyway. Peter Dinklage will be the villain in X-Men Days of Future Past. Um a Lot of really who knows what he's gonna be floating around the internet? <laughs> Some people are like he's gonna be Puck from Alpha Flight, which is oh yeah, that's gonna be the villain. So yeah. dumb. Sure. As soon as I read that, I was like, no, he's dumb. <laughs> Um I kind of want to couple with this, couple this with the kind of rumor slash words from Brian Singer that said that he may bring an all CG character into the cast. That's interesting. I. But I, mean, I don't. He could be doing anything from voice work
2: to. Are you going to hire Peter Dinklage for voice work? I don't think so. He does have an awesome voice. He does have an amazing he does. voice.
1: But I think we're going to He was say actually Peter a voice Dinklage, in an though. episode
2: of Seinfeld yeah. where there was no character. Well, the character you meet later was played by a different person, but his voice over the phone was Peter Dinklage's voice. That's specifically awesome. because he has a deep, manly, <laughs> sexy voice.
3: Like he has a manlier voice
0: it. than the three of us.
2: Yeah, and Elaine hears it and she's like, oh,
1: hey. <laughs> it's he could awesome. be doing a voice. Maybe I mean, if he's doing voice work, it could be something like um, Master Mold or or Nimrod, you know, one of the, the head Sentinels.
0: Yeah. Um, if, if
1: the Sentinels, of course, are the, they're keeping the Sentinel thing, which I'm assuming they're going has. to. Yeah. I'm so pumped about Sentinels. Sentinels. Being,
0: the, Sentinels being the mutant hunters. Robotic mutant hunters. That you last saw in X-Men The Last Stand. Very briefly. <laughs> um, Anyone who
2: ever watched X-Men as a kid knows the Sentinels are the bomb. They're pretty mm-hmm. awesome. I've been oh, waiting oh, yeah. for those for since X-Men 1 came out. There's a reason why they started the, uh, the '90s cartoon right out of the gate with the
1: Sentinels. Yep. Um, but my my the theory I'm liking on the internet right now is is that he's the actually the creator of the Sentinels. Okay. He's the one that he's the head scientist, and I could see Garek, him playing is that. his name. Well, I mean. No, Garrick is the senator. Yeah. So, yeah. I I don't Boulevard Trask. Boulevard Trask yep. is is okay. the creator, and I I mean physically, Dinklage does not match up with the, com- no. the counterpart, but there is no reason to not change it up. Yeah. And I think that there could be an interesting angle there. Maybe there's something to do
0: with his stature being... You know what I mean? Maybe that has something to do with... Maybe maybe we're gonna see like... His mindset. Mech-like sentinels. Maybe he's going to like... Maybe he's the likeness of the sentinels. What if they look like Peter Dinklage? <laughs> They're all just Peter Dinklage? <laughs> oh, man. That'd be pretty amazing. That'd be odd. What if he's Apocalypse? what (laughs) What are we gonna do well there was the rumor there was the rumor saying that he's uh mr sinister which is like why why would he be mr sinister who knows but But whatever it is
1: he i mean you know he's gonna bring it so i think the three of us
0: the three of us are excited about the fact that peter dinklage is gonna be in oh yeah in an x-men movie in a comic book movie at all i mean
1: that's awesome and not playing puck because that's just the (laughs) stupidest thing Puck from Alpha Flight, the Canadian... Canadian X-Men or Avengers <laughs> or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I think Puck say, we can safely say is one of those characters from comic books that will never get a film adaptation.
0: Yeah. Just throw that there. Yep.
1: And it's probably for the best. So you're
0: saying I should shelf my uh, Alpha Flight script that I've been working on? <laughs> no, I'll give it a read. <laughs> Alright. Um, we'll move on to some more Marvel casting news, but actual marvel studios casting news almost casting news um, let me just say i called this one as you guys know and
1: and this is before you've watched anything that he yeah, was in by i know
0: the way. i know absolutely nothing about drax the destroyer or really anything about jason Momoa you at knew the time. zero about him at the time yeah but casting almost purely off of looks and build uh, I figured Jason Momo would, would make a pretty cool Drax in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. On the money. And we've since learned that Marvel has offered him the part. We don't know if he is completely accepted yet. Rumors were that maybe Marvel lowballed him. Yeah, they were
1: saying something about the fact that he, they read him and they read a few other actors, including
2: Dave Batista of yeah. WWE fame. They and read then, some um, actors and some non actors. They yeah.
1: also read uh, Zaya Mustafa. From the Old Spice commercials, future Luke Cage if he gets his if he gets his way, yeah. Um, but uh, apparently, Momoa. This is just a rumor, so you mm-hmm. know, take it with a grain of salt. He was the only of those actors to actually fly out to London to do a screen test in person. They're so doing a lot of those via Skype and stuff now. Yeah. Um, but he was the only one to fly out, and and Marvel made him the offer, and now his agent is basically saying we want double of the offer. So it scares me because this is this is a this is a film company that was very close to getting rid of sam jackson who was like the linchpin of
0: that I think, first batch i think momoa is stupid to turn it down mm-hmm. unless maybe 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 this maybe he's signing a contract that's like you'll do three movies for like seven million dollars and he's only getting paid like 2 million a movie or something like that. I, I don't I, know. He would be foolish to turn this role down. He'd be really dumb to turn down something... <laughs> He'd be dumb to turn down the opportunity to be in, a, in, in Avengers 2. And he's... he's um. He gets a
1: lot of crap because he kind of gets shoved in with the other action type guys like Stallone and, yeah. and those guys. Like a new generation of those guys. Yeah. And it's probably because of the roles he's taken. I mean, he's taken very much action roles, but... I mean, I think with the right person behind the camera, he's really good. Oh, you know, like, he's amazing in Game of Thrones. Yes. Like, he's really, really good in that show. And you know, even in Conan, he was very charismatic. I mean, it wasn't the best movie, and the script wasn't great. You know, but I thought he did well with what he had to work with. I, and I he could be very cool if it, if the screen test is as good as, I, I guess from the rumor, what the rumor said, they
0: hired him on the spot. Yeah, it was like holy like crap, they you're amazing. They offered it to him immediately. Yeah.
1: So if it was that good.
0: Then I'm and why? Well, why would Marvel drag their feet at giving him a little bit better offer? But it's not like we know. For all we know, he already he's signed on. Yeah, he could be. Exactly. Um. But Nick, regardless, it's a great choice. Yeah. Nick, uh, take this time to discuss Chris Pratt and and possible Jason Momoa, if you if you wish. <laughs> I wish. I um, <laughs> do's. Uh, Momo
2: is awesome. I, mean, rem- I remember when you said that it was. I was like, Pff, yes. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I um, think of that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially after my legendary casting streak of what year was that? Twenty ten. I successfully called Fassbender as Magneto, Mark Strong as Sinestro, and uh, Martin Freeman as Bilbo. Whew, three for three. <laughs> it was good. I haven't gotten a single one since. <laughs> but uh, no, Momo is great. I think, uh, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of... There's so much potential with Drax to explore just a really cool um, thought of, you know, just the, the character who is who has literally one sole purpose, is to kill someone. Yeah. And if he succeeds, what happens then? If somebody else kills him, what happens then? Because, like, I was telling you a little bit about mm-hmm. in the comics, he's like... Whenever he gets near Thanos, they're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like... Stay back, or they try to stop him, and like no one can restrain him. It would be like it'd be hilarious to see him going for Thanos and the Hulk trying to stop him, and Drax just being like Psh, out of the way because like, he pretty... seriously turns into like a a meteor when he and just nothing will no reason nothing will stop him.
0: Uh, too soon.
2: He's he's pretty incredibly.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: he's
2: he's pretty incredibly
1: articulate and stuff. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he's he's not a stupid character. Well, he was until well, he was until but I, yeah. they're gonna go with the the new interpretation yeah, yeah. of Drax. I mean, he's 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 quite an intelligent character, and I mean, he can carry a conversation. He doesn't just grunt and stare at the camera and look angry. So, yeah. there yes. will be acting involved. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah, there's no, a lot to work. He's with, a very
2: broody matter. character, and if if we don't get um, Cammy, that's her name, right? Annihilation. Y- yeah, that was her, f- his female companion. If Cammy yeah. doesn't show up in in Guardians, so she probably won't or Avengers or something. It, it's kind of a shame because it was such a good foil for him. But it wasn't the comics. I mean, obviously in the movies they could change things. But anyway, um, Momoa is is awesome. Uh, Chris Pratt is so weird. Like, it's such a weird, such a weird choice, but I'm like 100% okay with it. (laughs) Like I said, everybody on that long
0: shortlist was completely stupid. I kind of, I kind of wish that we would have gotten your thoughts a little bit before you had watched any Parks and Rec, because I feel as though you'd, you'd be, you'd be in a different place than what you're saying right now.
2: Well, when, when you first told me and I, and I remembered who he was, I was not disappointed. Okay. I, I remembered who he was and I was like, okay, he's got a little bit of physicality to him. You, I, you were I,
0: disappointed it wasn't Lee Pace, but you yeah, were disappointed. I'm still, I'm yeah, I'm still,
2: those wounds are still healing. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Lee Pace was the only one of, of everybody they said they were reading that I was like, hell yes. Everybody else I was varying degrees of, eh, to no way, yeah, no way, no way. I still laugh at some of the thoughts of some of the people. They were like, oh yeah, Wes Bentley, uh, Jack Houston. I'm like, what? Crazy. Yeah. Um. But Pratt was a really exciting choice because it came out of nowhere. We hadn't heard anything yet. I forgot the excitement of just like hearing this person was playing the part, yeah, and never thinking about it for one second. But I remembered from zero dark thirty what stood out big time was his uh his physicality and and his his banter was really, really good mm-hmm. and so instantly, I was like, you know what he'll be a good fit at least with the whole team dynamic. I'm still even watching him in parks and Rec. I'm still having a hard time picturing his mug inside the inside the <laughs> star lord helmet. I'm kind of like. He's got such a goofy, boyish face that yeah. it's uh, it's such a weird choice. But um, well, in Parks and I'm, Rec, he's certainly. I'm very, very excited to see it though. Like I'm, I can't wait even more now. I can't wait to see the first trailer with Chris Pratt
0: as Star Lord. He looks a lot more uh, mature in Moneyball, in my opinion, than he ever does, he does in Parks yeah. and Rec. Or 00 dark 30 even 00 dark 30 no not even like he's got that, well i mean Zero dark, 30, 00 dark 30 shitty beard i was going to say amazing no. but the amazing it's so beard patchy hair and combo curly and <laughs> but puby no with the in in moneyball where he's kind of clean shaven and really leaned leaned down um he he has a bit more of a serious edge to him than he yeah, does Yeah that's in great i mean
2: else. i i'm 100% behind it i i have full faith in it i think it's going to be awesome i think his his comedic timing is going to be great, and I think he's he's going to really be able to blend the the drama with the the comedy, and his uh, yeah, I can. I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be cool. I'm glad it's such a left field choice. Like Marvel's always been good with just picking these people out of out of thin air. They yeah, I'm like. I'm trying to Whoa. think of who the last one was that they just kind of. Well, Hemsworth, I was like, who the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. that was more of a who is this person. Yes. Yeah. And even then, I heard I don't. I think I looked up pictures of him, and I was like, "All right, he's a big, pretty boy, whatever." But then, as soon as they released the first photo of him with the cape and everything, I was like, <laughs> they're, "They're all kind of left field for different reasons, though."
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was out of left field because he wasn't relevant. I mean, yeah. I mean he, I mean he, you know, if you had said we're making an Iron Man movie back in the. Late '80s, early '90s, it would be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, you know, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. But this was that was strange. And then you know, Chris Evans was kind of out of left field because it's like, well, he's done superhero stuff before. Yeah, so well, what? he
0: was yeah, and he wasn't on any of the short lists either, right? No, he wasn't. I that's think he that's was the, the one last I, blindside that they just kind of. That's the one I I
2: remember. I was likening Chris Pratt to, if he's going to join the Chris gang of okay. Avengers. Um I remember thinking with with Chris Evans, I was not a believer until I saw the movie. Yeah. Leading up to it, all the production photos, all the trailers, I was like mm. yeah. I was like, I think I, I think this. he'll be okay. I said, I think he'll do it, but I'm still not that happy with it. And yeah. then I saw the movie and I was like, Okay, he's great. Yeah. So I bearing that in mind, uh every other casting choice they've had I've been like sweet. Like I remember when Ruffalo was cast, tons of people were super butthurt and I was like, Nope, it's gonna be awesome.
0: I was butthurt just because I love Edward Norton. Yeah. And yeah, I thought he was here. amazing in the role, but Norton was great. I'm I'm okay as soon as as soon as uh my my lord, Joss gave his word. I think Ruffalo was better. I think he's the best
2: incarnation of Bruce Banner. We've I
0: seen. I don't think we've seen enough of him for me to make that decision, but I think he did a very good job, and I'd be excited to see him take his own. I think this whole part. this whole cast is just shaping up to be great. Yeah. All and right. I just I want to hear
2: the rest of the Guardians get rounded out already. I'm just like. Pfft. Please. It's you're gonna hear it in the next few months. So. Yeah,
1: I would think that probably by the end of March
2: we're gonna know everybody. Yeah. In all honesty.
1: I hope so. I'm they're really, so they're, they're going now, so yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Or at least
0: rumors. Alright. Um Alright. Final final film news. Uh it's something we just got today. Yeah. Jason Clark, uh star of Zero Dark Thirty and uh Lawless. <laughs> outlaws and, and yes <laughs> Willie us <Gibbs's laughs> outlaws you know like when they have like a foreign title on IMDB it's just, in <laughs> also Willy known Gibbs. as outlaws w- Willie Gibbs's brain outlaws yes um, anyway Jason Clark is going to be the lead in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes sequel to Rise of the Planet of the Apes um, we also kind of heard that Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is going to take place 15 years after Rise It's awesome uh and in the, in the past, Rupert Wyatt directed uh, Rise and has since left. Uh, I forget whether if we do have a new director, but I Matt forget Reeves. who it was. Yeah, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves of director of Cloverfield. Cloverfield, and Cloverfield. Let me in. Mm-hmm. So we're shaping up to get a pretty interesting project here. I'll say that when Wyatt left, I was I wasn't dismayed, but I was saddened a, a little well, bit. I mean, the first film is. It's great. It came out of nowhere for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I take pride in being one of the people that had some sort of faith in it when we started getting like the little bits of, of things, and we finally got sure. a trailer, and I was like, the trailer doesn't play well, but I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, the trailer was really silly, from what I remember. It, it came yeah, off it just, as silly. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't play right. But um, so when Matt Matt Reeves, or excuse me, when Rupert Wyatt left, I was kind of sad, but. Jason Clark like I have so much want for more Jason Clark after Zero Dark Thirty <laughs> and Lawless that I am so down for this to happen. Like he's a cool actor. Yeah. I mean
1: we, we we talked about him I think last podcast a little bit about him. I don't remember what we talked about but something about Jason Clark and Yeah. He's just cool. He's one of those up and coming guys that you know I think we all are interested in seeing where his career goes. Yeah. Um the 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 one thing I thought about when I heard this fact that he's playing the lead is the bigger, you know, ramifications of that. I mean, I'm going to assume now that if Franco does come back, it'll be yeah. in a very limited capacity. Yeah. Given he won't be the lead and the time frame. Yeah. Um I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Because I think that if you bring I I would understand the the um impulse to bring the Franco character back because the relationship between him and Caesar is so interesting. Yeah, I would get that, and I don't think I'd be angry if they did bring him back. But I'm glad they're not because, or not in a you know major capacity, because that relationship reached its logical conclusion at the end of the first film, mm-hmm. and I think that that's it's better that way. Yeah,
0: you know. I'm I a little. Know. I'm wondering what what the 15 years really means for the storyline. Like, I remember talking to Nick as soon as we walked out of the theater for the film. We were talking about where it's going to go in the second movie. And, and we both, one of us brought up the idea of, like, a resistance movie, which is basically, like, human, human pockets of resistance are attempting to fight back against the apes. And I think at the time we were kind of soured on it. And right now I, it's not necessarily what I want to get out of the movie. I don't know if I want Jason Clark to be like some John Connor. Yeah, yeah to monkeys. be John, John Carter... John, John Carter. John, John Connor, Connor hyphen Carter. <laughs> John John Connor Carter. Um <laughs> I I don't really want him to to take on that role. I think he could do something more interesting than that, but it, this is all kind of Talking out of my butt anyway. Didn't they already say have... he's a scientist? Uh, did they? I, I don't know. So. Something. think I think okay.
1: something was mentioned in the press release on him. That yeah, I'll try. They said some some sort of, he's a here.
2: scientist living amongst a pocket of humans. Survivors. Are, yeah, something yeah. like that. What's I, interesting about it is thinking that his character would have been like a young man when the first one happened, 15 years mm-hmm. is a long time, it's cool to think that this person might have just spent... He would have been like mu- a teenager. They must, might have spent much of their maturation just in... In a world where... Exactly, yeah, yeah. Where everything's changing. And it's also a matter of how long did it take
1: in between the end of the last film and the beginning of this for humans to really wind up being the
3: yeah. bottom of the food chain. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It says here, uh, this is as per Hollywood Reporter, um film directed by Matt Reeves much of the plot is being kept under lock and key but it is set 15 years after the events of 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes which starred James Franco one, one focuses on the human scientists who are struggling to survive alone in San Francisco another aspect of the story is the struggle of intelligent ape Caesar played by returning Andy Serkis to maintain dominance over his kingdom it is unclear who Clark will play so mm. we don't really know it um, could be an astronaut that's been
1: stuck in space for a little while that falls to earth <laughs> um
0: they did mention a space shuttle in the first one. Yes, That's all they I'm did. saying. They did. It'll be interesting to see where it winds up. I'm very I'm I'm back to being excited about the project again after yeah, being too. somewhat worried after after why it left. But
2: I think I've been thinking recently about how sometimes though a lot of a lot of franchises can really benefit from continual rotation of directors. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking about how Especially, actually, today I was thinking about how Iron Man 2 was just kind of a wet fart and thinking, like, would it have been better if a new director stepped in and brought a kind of a fresh spin? And I was thinking about it more, the more obviously the internet is concerned lately with only talking about Star Wars. And um, somebody had mentioned the point of they, because somebody said, Do you think JJ will do uh, Star Wars Episode 8? And a lot of people were pretty, pretty against that, just saying, I think that the franchise, nothing against him, but. Part of what made the original three so great was each each of the three was somebody was directed yeah. by somebody yeah, distinctly different. And I think that's smart. They I have think different we've writers kind of forgot- on all three, don't they? Yeah, we've yeah. forgotten about how franchises maybe shouldn't belong just to one creative co- team. But maybe... I know that studios are primarily concerned with just making money. If they have a successful formula once, they're going to try to duplicate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's I think it's something that Marvel has learned since then, because... If you look at Thor two. I mean, they were kind of forced into it because uh, Kenneth Branagh. I don't think he wanted to return, and uh, so Alan Taylor is directing Thor: The Dark World, and then we had Joe Johnston on Cap, and now it is uh, the Russo brothers.
2: I think they could work out to be great, though. I mean, certain movies like, like Nolan's Batman trilogy, probably should have only been directed by him because the story was so. I mean, I, I would have I wouldn't have been opposed to other people taking over, but it, it's just very his his vision and his style is very essential to the whole reason that, that exists. Yeah.
1: I'm glad that, that Whedon's staying on event for Avengers 2, too. Because I don't think... I think it'd be hard to find another writer that would be able to handle that many voices. You Because know, yeah. not many writers can. I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough.
2: I wish someone else was directing it, but I, I, I'm glad he's staying on to write it. To write it. But I wish that a more experienced director was coming around. Like when when... There was a rumor a long time ago, initially, of Ridley maybe directing Avengers. I was like, oh my god. I can even w- imagine it what been, that would, it would have, have been like. Have
1: been like. It would have been a completely different movie. That's for yeah. sure. Um, no, the I lighting I, I would think have that, been
0: amazing. Yeah, would have, it would have looked really pretty. Would um, have would,
2: the demo would have looked great. Um, uh, I'll,
0: I'll say right here, I, I, I want to save your food for thought for next week because it's a really good cheese for thought and it'll go well with what we may be doing. Why did I say that? I don't even like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Wine for thought. So we'll save that, like but right either. now I think we can just kind of go off of what we're what we're talking about. We got another 12 minutes before we hit an hour, so let's keep going. Um, you were saying?
1: Well, no, I, I think uh, when it comes to the director switching up directors thing, I mean I think in certain circumstances, I think Nick is right with with Nolan. That was very much Nolan's world that he created, and, yeah. and I mean I wouldn't want another director to make Inception 2. No. To make it, I wouldn't want that. No. I don't think they should make Inception two anyway. But, um, but I think that there there's a reason, especially with the comic book movies, why the material has stayed so relevant f- since the '60s in a lot of cases, even in some cases even longer. Yeah, and that is the switching of creative teams, artists and writers um, and editors, and obviously there's more creative hands on deck for a film than a comic book. Um, but I think switching up the big creative voices on those, like the director and, and even like the, the production designers and stuff, I think it's good to switch that up every once in a while too.
0: Well, let's, let's kind of look, I'm going to list a few franchises here and we're we can kind of dissect the first one that I thought of. We have James Bond. It's going on its 23rd movie. It's going to be the new one. Is it 23 or 24? I think it's 24. 24. 24. Skyfall was 23. Um, the longest running franchise ever in film history. Right? Yeah, and we've had... <laughs> By a lot. <laughs> a ton of directors, I think. Like, more directors than lead actors. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. Um, Only a handful of a returning handful. directors. Yeah, like possibly Sam Mendes, which is kind of in the rumors here. But you've got... James Bond has stayed relevant for decades. Yeah. And it's probably done that because of the creative reinvention that it kind of receives every God, time that this somebody This has
2: so much to do with my cheese for
1: thought. It does. Absolutely. It
0: does, but absolutely and I I think that
1: I think that in some circumstances when I think in some circumstances a break from things can help too. Yeah. Like, in the case of James Bond, there have been some very large gaps of time in between films. Absolutely. Or in between actors, in between eras. I yeah. think they, Bond fans refer to them as the eras of Bond, whatever. Um, epoch. Yes. Each, each epoch of Bond. Each epoch of Bond. <laughs> um, I like that. That's good. We need to start that. All right. Get that trending, boys. <laughs> Hashtag
0: um, epoch, for yeah. epoch of Bond. Anyway. Um,
1: no, they. Uh, I think that the passage of time can help in certain ways. And then I think there's some, certain things where too much of a passage, passage of time can hurt, too. Yeah. Um, Wall Street? No. I don't know. <laughs> Why did that <won't laughs> even happen? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> Not where I would have gone with that. Yeah, 20 years really hurt no, the Wall uh, Street sequel. Uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Lord, yes.
1: I mean, I mean, we're talking about, a, I don't know what the gap was, but it was, what, 20 years, It was right? 20-something years.
2: Yeah. And other um, instances where it works splendidly. Tron. 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 Yeah.
1: And we, but with, with Indiana Jones, we had the same creative team coming back. Yeah. You know.
2: That was a mistake. Um,
1: but I, exactly. And that's what I'm saying is sometimes sometimes you can have the same creative team come back after a three or four-year hiatus. gives them time to kind of digest what they did with the first, whatever they did last. And But when you wait that long a period of time, I think it's you need to switch things up yeah.
0: especially during, you know,
1: that's what I think
0: alright, let me we can come back to that one for your cheese for thought, because that one I think is the most applicable (laughs) of the three that I had thought of for your cheese for thought but um Harry Potter Chris Columbus directed the first two, you got Alfonso Cuaron stepped in for the third one, and then I think you Mike Newell Oh, Mike Newell did the fourth, and then David Yates did 5, 6, 7, 7.2. Well,
1: let's take a look at the quality of that franchise, just in my opinion. (laughs) Okay. One, awesome, great introduction of the world. Two, slightly more boring version of one. So, there you go, returning director, it's not quite as good. (laughs) Three, amazing. Four, I thought was the best one, personally. Five... Pretty damn good, cause Fire. you're getting in once again another was director. My favorite. Six awful, seven part one awful, seven part two. Uh, <laughs> seriously. So think about it. It, it. It's true. It follows that pattern of switching up directors. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I haven't read the Harry Potter books, so I'm gonna come right out on Front Street and say I don't. I'm not a true Harry Potter fan. Um, but I, I from never what read I any of them?
2: huh never read any of them.
1: No, I haven't. No. Um, But from what I've heard from the few people I know that are very, very into Harry Potter, a lot of those faults from those movies have to do with the actual books themselves. Purely in the book, yeah. Like, that
0: first first movie of the seventh book was never going to be good because it was a slog to get through that half of the book. Which, poo-poo on David Yates for not making a movie that... (laughs) not adapting the book into a film, but that's kind of... that We can talk about Watchmen and all those movies another day. Sure. Um, I can go into another franchise that's stuck the whole way through. Sure. Peter Jackson and, and The Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings slash The Hobbit. A little different. It's a little different. they were all shot at the same time. Yes. Well, that's the thing. They're all shot at the same time, but they're kind of... um like you you have reasons here you seek in some of these that I'm bringing up to make a cohesive universe, like with 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 Batman with the dark the Dark Knight trilogy that it has since become known as no one created that Batman universe and saw it through for the three. It wasn't just a serialized Batman movie. Sure. However, it also wasn't envisioned as like a trilogy either. So it's it's kind of I don't know. That's a gray area. Yeah. And and then once again, you know Harry Harry Potter, they wanted it to be a consistent thing, but if you're taking three very young kids and carrying them through eight and movies. That's, that's
1: honestly that that's one of the most in my opinion, one of the best cinematic achievements of all time. Yeah. Is the amount of actors that were able to stay through oh, yeah. that entire And I think it's very cool. And just the who's who of pour, British pour actors.
0: Pour one out for Richard Harris. Yeah, that,
1: yeah. But the who's who of British actors. they I mean, they got every, almost so every... Pour,
0: pour one out for the one that played Crabber Goyle who went to jail because he had pot or something. <laughs> <laughs> Get your facts straight, pal. I must have been um, lost at some
1: point. No, but the the interesting thing about the Peter Jackson, I mean, it is different because he does film back to back. And actually, the the Lord of the Rings books were intended to be one book, uh, originally. Um, so that's it's almost like it's not a series, even though it is. Yeah. But I mean, how how big of a gap was it between Return of the King and the first Hobbit?
0: Um, Do you know off the top of your head? Because I can't it was remember. like 03. Three oh
3: four
0: for the first three and then okay. it was a one two, three. a one two, three? We okay do this no part? I'm sorry no. Oh four oh 4 for Return of the King because I remember I saw it my senior year of high school okay yep. so we're talking eight years right absolutely between
1: and, and, and really he's actually stopped production I mean post production lasted forever pretty much for those movies right yeah. until it came out but he stopped production back in probably 2000
2: it's all one all one 2, three.
1: A one, two three. okay how did I see that my senior year then
2: our senior year started in '03. Yeah, I guess it did. Math, um,
1: <laughs> but no. Um, <laughs> yeah, clearly, you know I was your, you know your maths. Clearly, I was paying more attention to Lord of the Rings my senior year than my math. Look at IMDb's
2: math. search abilities, by the way.
1: Um,
0: that's pretty good.
1: But I um.
0: <laughs> two tickets to paradise. Two tickets
1: to um. No, I. I think that with with the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, the time period allowed him to freshen it up a bit. I, I honestly don't think he really wanted to make The Hobbit ever. Even when he started production on that thing, I don't think he necessarily wanted yeah, to
0: do it. and he tried to step away.
1: Yes, he did. But I think that it helped him, yeah. that, that, that gap of time. I think it was like the perfect amount of time for him to get his ducks in a row and figure out what he wanted to do with it. Although I will say that looking at Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit back-to-back, there is a pretty big disparity between the feel of both, I thought. Yeah.
0: In, in in the look in the look and of the film that, certainly oh, certainly in the look of the film but also I you know they were very different books and the some, books of, the, are some very of the technical different.
1: choices beyond just the forty eight frames thing were interesting not using as much in the way of prosthetics and using a lot more CG creature characters yeah that's true and that bugged me a bit I will say that about the Hobbit is it didn't feel as authentic to the what was done before yeah because of that and and like you said part of that is the book. Yeah. I mean it's we're talking about a book that was very much written for children, a book mm-hmm. that was very much written for adults. So it, he can't be faulted for all that, but it's interesting. Yeah. you know to look at those two and cuz they're very it's a very unique series of movies. Yeah. It's almost not a series. You know, it really yeah. Yeah. it really is it's almost just two big long movies. Yeah.
0: So all right well all that in Indiana Jones still sucks all that in summation saying that maybe uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes won't be so bad <laughs> TLDR <laughs> perhaps yes too long didn't read Dawn of the Planet of the Apes might be good TLDO
2: it might too long didn't listen
3: <laughs> alright I think it's
0: gonna be good yeah I hope so I think uh, that last movie was so good that it would be sad to not see them carry on what was kind of revitalized. Yeah, so. I agree. All right. Well then I think we're going to wrap it up this time since we don't have a feature film, but, uh, you can find our Twitter accounts. I'm at John D one seven zero three at Hema Yep. And at Nick Blauvelt's all on Twitter. And then, uh, at Midwest podnet for the network that, doesn't exist yet so basically just this podcast and then um <laughs> <laughs> uh, music and artwork made for us by my brother at mr john on twitter and um sorry we didn't get to kyle xy uh not enough time in this super long episode of the podcast but uh, i would have thought this would have been the one you know yeah you would think so it just didn't work out both of you like caught all the way up on all three seasons of kyle xy we were in the we past were really week. tearing through it yeah in between episodes of Parks and Rec, you just wanted to cleanse the and palate. And pushing daisies. Yeah, and pushing daisies. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I I'll tell uh, our our number one number one fan right here. Uh, he has a present arriving in the form of a microphone. So look to hear some Van Damsel on the podcast again soon. For those of you who have been tuning out because of lack of Van Damsel, <laughs> yeah. get ready because a storm is brewing. I think his, his return episode should probably be G.I. Joe. Agreed.
2: Oh, so. I just thought of something we should have talked about. <laughs> G.I. Joe. The trailer for the new Mortal Kombat series. I didn't, I didn't watch, watch it. it. What the fuck, man? So we can't talk about it?
0: <laughs> we, we can talk about it next There's time. There's my swear quotient for this one. <laughs> I'm I'm okay. we got to earn our explicit tag anyway, so... Yeah, I'm just working for the greater good. All right, um... That's about it. Go watch a movie since we didn't. Or go watch a TV show. This podcast <laughs> yeah. is turning into. Go, go watch a TV show. <laughs>